0: and a new one
1: is a zombie blunt. Have you smoke from a toilet
0: roll? No. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's another one. That's no, right. it, I feel like I didn't start that, um, smoking until Australia. I
0: could like afford like an actual
2: glass piece or right. something. Now in Australia,
1: yeah. we call them prison bongs. And basically, <laughs> you get a, um, a toilet roll and then you punch just a hole in it and then you make out of aluminum foil, <laughs> you make a little bowl in there and then you um, put it in and light it and put your hand over the end. And oh. open it. Open it a, a big ass shotty shotgun.
2: <sighs> a little shotty. Interesting. And that's, the,
1: uh, and that's your prison bomb.
0: Hey, girl, you trying to hit this? Oh, you know exactly what I need. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Two Girls One Blunt. I'm Emily, and I'm Jamie. And today we have on a very special guest. We You're starting off great. Starting off strong. (laughs) Starting off strong. We have a very special guest with us today. We have Jason Gann. He's an Australian actor, comedian, producer, writer. He started the show Wilfred, which was picked up in L.A. here. We'd love to hear a little bit about that. Thanks for coming on. Thanks
1: for having me. I was just, um, just before I came on here, like sometimes when I smoke weed, if I want to have a really good experience, I'll say a little prayer to Mother um, Cannabis just before I have it. And I'd I just said uh, to help us, help me, guide me to have the experience that I want. I do believe that cannabis has that entheogen uh, ability to, to connect us with sort of higher consciousness to help guide the experience we want. But just before I came on, we are talking about Delta-8. I had smoked some Delta-8 and I was kind of like that. I thought to myself, well, who do I pray to here now? Because Delta-8 is from the hemp plant, which is male. So I have to say what, brother <laughs> hemp?
0: Brother, brother, Hemp. Brother, Hemp. <laughs> brother
1: Hemp.
2: brother experience. brother We are setting the intention.
1: I had to get that out. I had. I was thinking that and I had to get that out. I'm sorry. No, I uh, like yeah, that. I am. I'm from the TV series Wilfred. <laughs> the start is a short film uh, about a bong smoking dog who a um, a man sees as a guy in a dog suit, who the rest of the world sees as a real dog. So it's kind of like he's gone crazy, and. Um, yeah
2: we're interrupting today's
0: scheduled programming to introduce to you to today's sponsor freeze pipe the coldest smoke the smoothest hits if you want to smoke but you hate when your lungs burn and you get into those coughing fits you really should try out freeze pipe they have a unique line of freezeable pipes bongs bubblers and more each piece is specifically engineered to cool smoke by over 300 degrees so you're not hacking up a lung every time you take a hit the best I personally hate glass but I love this shit so you know take it from me try it out we've been smoking
2: all of these this is all we've been smoking pretty much lately Mm -hmm. usually we (laughs) smoke blunts, but the hits are just way too good so make sure to check out freeze pipes entire line of high quality glass at thefreezepipe.com and use code 2g1b for 10% off your order, Hell yeah. again, you can find it at thefreezepipe.com and use 2G1B for 10% off your order. If you're a filthy stoner like us, you need to get one of these glass pieces. You will not regret it.
1: Well, how'd you I'm come gonna, up with that idea? I was uh, sleeping on my mate's um, sofa, smoking bongs, <laughs> and he came home after a disaster date where, well, he went, he came back. And he got cock-blocked by this girl's dog oh. that was sitting in, on a sofa in her bedroom. So we got all the way to the bedroom and then this dog fucked up the, the, gig, the gig, right? So, <laughs> so he came home and told me about it. And so I just started like putting a voice to this dog, interrogating him like De Niro in Meet the Parents and, and pulling bongs, offering him a bong. And we just straight away said, that's a short film. Like, so we wrote it down. That's amazing. We shot it that weekend. This is 20 years ago now. And then within a couple of months, it was in festivals around the world. It was in Sundance. It,
2: you shot it in a whole weekend?
1: Yeah, two days we shot
2: That's it. Were you like already like producing films yeah, at this we, point? Well, okay.
1: well, I'd been a theater actor for years, did a lot of children's theater, in a lot of animal suits like Wilfred, of right, which is really where I did the look for the character came, you know, okay. smoking cigarettes, swearing while dressed as animals is kind of hilarious <laughs> that I love the that, scene, right? yes. so that was that informed that but um i was you know even in the theater world learning then that to make money you needed to have a profile and so i needed to get on tv so that's when me and my buddy started making short films and that was our third short film yeah
2: wow, wow. how and big was your team that
1: helped like make it all um well that one was probably a team you know we hired. we probably probably cost us uh 5k to make it so the team there was probably you know we shot on film so it was uh probably 10 people there that oh first wow. one
0: wow and you just got it done yeah that's amazing
2: and to look where you like invested 5k and where you are right now <laughs> yeah that's crazy, it's
1: crazy yeah it's pretty freaking and you know cool. it's so weird you know i had, I had, a, I had a best friend who's who's gone now, but he used to say to me when I was doing Wilfred, he'd say, "Wilford is what the world's going to know you for. And I'd say, are you kidding? No. He'd say, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And now here I am. i got a Wilford cannabis brand.
2: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Let's hear about that. You have <laughs> well, it right
1: in front of us. Well, you know, I was living here in, uh, in LA, you know, and I'd sold after Wilford, as during Wilfred and after Wilford, I probably sold maybe seven pilot scripts to networks and studios in Hollywood. And they were – I thought each one of them should have been made. None of them were made. And I was getting frustrated and I always – I was always jealous of people like real estate agents that could just go and work wherever they want. I'm going to relocate. I couldn't. I was like prisoner to show business, Hollywood system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Had to live in L.A. And then um, I just had this idea, you know. I did it – it's kind of like it was – it started as a joke, kind of like Wilfred started as a joke. I just did this ad for my social media fans called Wilfred's Weed Delivery Service and I was like – Remember the dude from the show remember the dog? Well, that's what he's doing now yeah, that's right the guy in the dog suit, he'll come to your house and for an extra hundred bucks he'll pull a bowl have a bowl on your uh, on your sofa. Yeah, that's right. Remember the, the, the old days when your you drug dealer didn't have any choice these difficult choices that we have in dispensaries <laughs> now Well those <laughs> days are back because Wilfer's coming to your door so
2: wait and, so did you actually sit on people's sofas with them?
1: No, I just did it oh. as a joke as, in social media okay. but the, the comments. Fans were saying, "We're driving to California. We got to smoke Wilfred's weed. We have got to." And that's oh, why I was like, "Okay, if I can get there. the if I can get the rights to this character, my character, there's something here. This like is this week, this could be like no other celebrity cannabis brand because you know I'm not just a person; it's a character. You know, yeah. like it's this, and it's a stoner character that in the short film he pulled a bong in the first ten seconds of the short film. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> yep. the cannabis has been ingrained." in the, the character forever. And, you know, we get one of the things, two things we get credited for most out of the show is dealing with bravely with, you know, issues of mental health and mm-hmm. normalizing cannabis, right? Normalizing cannabis and content because Absolutely. it's like with alcohol, right? If you see two characters in a movie go to a bar, you don't see them then start making dicks of themselves and throwing up and yeah. They're just there. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Whereas, as soon as you bring cannabis in traditionally in Hollywood, then mm-hmm. you've got to outcome all the, the stoner cliches, but and that kind of reaffirm this idea that cannabis users are, you know, vague, lo- loser bums and not exactly. forgetful and stuff. Mm-hmm. When I'm a very highly functioning stoner. Yep. I can tell you guys. As are. we are too. <laughs> we
2: care like everything you're saying. Like we talk about mental health so much. So we yep. go from comedy to like having serious conversations about how we're healing. I'll, often so cool. we're literally like what intention are we setting for this blunt? Like we got to like <laughs> you know, we're making shit happen for our podcast and yeah, everything. And look, so we have cool. we have you on. So I think we set cool. that intention last time we yeah. smoked a blunt. And so uh, we love all of that, you know, normalizing cannabis. We post cannabis content all over which is getting it gets censored but it's like you can be a badass you can be a hustler you can get shit done and be an awesome person and smoke weed like there's i don't know why there's the stigma that you can't that you're like lazy and a bum
1: yeah
0: it's those dare commercials back in the day oh my god they they fucked the next generation over and we're fucked now did Did you you have
1: have dare commercials in australia (laughs) i'm aware of dare (laughs) Um, you see that is my business card in the middle of a podcast. But if you've seen my business Stop card, the, the image of Wilfred. Wilfred is feel the freedom of Wilfred. And Wilfred's on on a on a horse.
0: You look very free.
1: And it, it doesn't get any freer than a dog getting high while riding a horse.
0: Yeah. And that, so, yeah.
1: But it's all about That's what, what I, I
0: aspire, aspire
2: to be. That's my like spirit animal right there.
1: <laughs> what I'm trying to capture with that marketing image and campaign is that the feeling of fr- freedom that comes from responsibly enjoying cannabis in a legal state cannot be understated and anyone Mm. that's grown up in a prohibition era will always kind of be looking over their shoulder feeling a bit like am i doing something bad here in future generations it won't be that
0: yeah we're from boston massachusetts so boston recently legalized in like 2018 (laughs) and i remember like the shift over, I still bought from you know street dealers because I'm a trash yeah. raccoon. But <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we liked those low prices. We were Yeah, really you can't be buying a in bulk. But I remember like still being so scared of like having cannabis out in public and mm-hmm. I would have to remember that it's legal. And there is nothing like you said, like coming to freaking California, yeah. running into a dispenser and then smoking immediately.
2: Outside. I remember yeah. I came here right across from the Hollywood Improv. There's a uh I think it's improv, yeah. Uh, There's a dispensary or whatever. I grabbed a bunch of pre-rolls, smoked, went over, and then like got on stage. And I was like smoking outside and just like talking to people. And I was like, this is the life. Weed, comedy, like the sunshine. (laughs) You don't get anything better (laughs) than that. We're in Miami, so it's not legal there, so we don't smoke
1: there, of course. Mm. But uh, but you got the Delta Eight. But you know what? When I was, as I said, I was just in um, Florida for six months, so I was smoking only Delta Eight for six months. Oh,
0: you were being and, responsible.
1: And, and I and I well, I didn't know anyone. <laughs> I was there with my family. We got you next. So we're time. on the Like, thanks. <laughs> but I when I did come back to California, and I was like, oh shit! I don't mm. <laughs> like I've got to say, I haven't smoked a lot of Delta Eight since I've been back in California. You're smoking it's the good. real stuff, <laughs>
2: the good, good, the good the, well, girl,
1: the good girls. The I good think
2: girls. <laughs> hearing about Delta Eight, though, like you said, people don't get as paranoid and they can focus. They finally get more work done.
1: Yeah, that. I mean, there's, that There was a study appealing. done from a, um, maybe it was Boston. It was a big university that did mm-hmm. these studies. They and they they asked a lot of people who smoke Delta Eight and the experiences difference between cannabis THC and D8 THC. And, um, overwhelmingly they said, um, they didn't get paranoid or definitely as paranoid or paranoid at all. And also they got, were more productive. You know, we have, I have some like Delta-8 gummies Mm -hmm. and they don't put you, they don't put you on your ass. You know what I mean? I've had some
2: before. (laughs) I love them.
1: Yeah. But but because of course Delta-8 comes from the male plant, the hemp plant and cannabis traditionally has come from, um, THC has come from the female. Cannabis. So it's a weird kind of situation where, I don't know, there's some crossover themes with this, you know, the modern world with this changing of gender into the THC world, right? So basically you've got hemp, male, a male plant where you can extract, it's got such a small amount of THC in it that you can extract it out in the same way you do THC gummies. And then what you're doing is you're making the male plant THC, right, for the first time ever. People are getting high from the male plant where it's always been the female plant. But Delta 8 is banned in California.
0: What? Because the weed? Because
1: it's a male plant. It's not it, very inclusive, right? Do
0: you think it's banned because, like, the weed industry <sighs> makes so much money they don't
1: want? It, it is exactly, you, you're halfway there, but they're not making enough money. That's why. Because the California government's squeezing the life out of legitimate yeah, um, ca- yeah, ca- cannabis insane, companies, right? There. So what happens is they're like, fuck, we don't need another Competition. We, we got. We. we
0: companies yeah. are dying
1: here, right? They're strangling the life out of them, and they're pleading. They're pleading. They're saying. I read a, read a letter on behalf of the cannabis companies, uh, legacy cannabis companies in California, recently to the government, saying words to the effect of, "We're going to stop supporting you soon. If you, we're going to turn on you if you don't just cut us some slack here and let yeah. some of these." restrictive taxes and, and all oh, this kind shit. of stuff, right? Because they're just killing the legitimate um, cannabis industry. Yeah. So, so, of course, I understand it. It's a territorial thing. Mm-hmm. There was, there's, there's, you know, cloud, over Delta 8, there's this cloud of, like, suspicion, bad operators. But when I've had in, uh, conversations with people that have tried to be critical of Delta 8 they're talking about the process of extraction saying that it's not safe or whatever but if it is safe as all our products are with coas attached to every qr code on every every pack if it is done safe and we do everything by the california standard with packaging and everything we make sure that everything is done above the board and and done very well there's no different from creating gummies that are made out of cannabis the extraction process is exactly the same mm. or very yeah. similar so I do think it's uh it is definitely a territorial thing where the cannabis industry said, "Fuck off, we're full." Yeah.
0: Leave us be.
2: So what if you were working in LA and you'd smoked weed? What made you go for Delta Eight if it's not available in Cal? If, like you can't do it in yeah, California a, over well, cannabis. A, you
1: know, it's my life is very <laughs> amazing. Pretty amazing story, really. But what's happened is I was trapped over in uh, Spain during these. Spain had the most intense lockdowns during the pandemic. At one oh point. wow! And I was trapped there with my family, <clears throat> and my cannabis operation in California, my partner partnership, I was in the middle of uh, stalled. It, there, was a, there was a big problem with it, oh, and shit. so the company for the company to survive, I I pivoted onto these um, hemp CBD smokes, mm-hmm. right? And so I actually started for the first time I was able to sell you know CBD cigarettes. Uh, good quality ones, um, and people could get them to their door, and and so I, I got into the CBD game that that way, and Delta Eight was a natural progression from that, right? So everyone in, and and people mm-hmm. had been talking to me about it for a while, and I was like, I was very sceptical to begin with, and I probably came to the Delta Eight game a bit late, but I, I now that I see that it's medicine for a lot of people as much as cannabis is there are, there are people in states that have no ca- legal cannabis in any way and they're now getting yeah. this product to them so that, that to me I'm yeah. as far as I know I heard now there's another celebrity brand getting into the Del Trade space or or one as far as I know I'm the only celebrity brand in that space but you know I've come through from the I was going to say you you said yeah, you started yeah. late
2: but you have something that a lot of those Brands wouldn't and it's you, you know what I mean? It's like the Wilfred brand, that character. So you have that audience already.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, it's 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 still a tough market to answer because, you know, as I say, it's a flooded market and all the power belongs to the distributors. You know, the, the, it's all about – doesn't matter how big your brand is, it's how many shops you're in and who's buying, how many mm-hmm. units you're selling. So, I mean um, – and these guys th- who are making all that money and have those big distribution channels, they don't want to just necessarily share it. If they're already killing yeah. it. They're already killing it. But, um, and now everyone's, every market's a bit different, right? And so now uh, in, I'm in the cannabis space as a multi-state operator, right? So we've got Oklahoma, canna- uh, cannabis in Oklahoma. We are, haven't got it on the shelves yet, but in Oregon we're about to. I'm close to inking something in Nevada and I've got three dispensaries lined up to carry us. And I'm back here now, that's why I'm here, to reestablish the Wilfred brand in California where it started, the cannabis brand. And I've gone this full circle where I've actually gotten into the hemp game and I've – into the Delta 8 mm-hmm. and now I've come back to – because also I'm, I'm a brand, right? So mm-hmm. when brands are powerful, I'm aware, but only in certain – when the market's a certain place. That way. When I had six brand licensing agreements – in negotiation with six different states when the pandemic really took hold and everyone just went, holy shit, we've just got to hold on to what we've got. We don't mm-hmm. want no new partnerships right now, right?
2: That was so hard.
1: <laughs> but, and then it, remember when it happened when it was like, guess what? You're not going to believe it. It's a necessary item. Everyone's like, yeah, it's necessary. <laughs> and it was like, you're only allowed to go to the doctor, to Ralph's, And to the dispensary, there's only three (laughs) places. Amazing And the liquor
2: store. Didn't they give liquor (laughs) stores as a necessity?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Of course, those were the good old days. But
1: then what happened was, anyone that could grow weed could sell it. They didn't need no brand. You see, I'm growing it and selling it because it was a necessity. And everyone was like staying home, locked down, smoking a lot of weed. Yay. But then now there's a surplus we of... We were smoking um, a lot of weed. A lot of weed.
2: Like eight ounces a month. Some crazy stuff.
1: Was it like for you where there was times where rather than feel like you're locked down when you're high, it's like you're on some spaceship and on some... Oh, yeah. yeah. Like this party, yeah. This Absolutely. Like we would put
2: like movie marathons on. We would do like... We'd play games. I
0: don't know. We'd we did We were shrooms. having fun. Yeah. We, <laughs> there was a lot going on. <laughs> if, you
1: got good, if you got good company... Being locked down, can we actually be, okay.
0: met each other the first week of the pandemic.
1: Shutdown. Really? Yeah. yeah.
0: So we went through the quarantine, having just met each other <laughs> and being roommates. Yeah. Wow. In a place that had no living room, so the living room
2: was my bedroom. So we would just hang out in my bedroom. We ended up like with my brother here. We we ended up getting COVID. We gave him COVID, so he couldn't stay at his house. So all three of us stayed in the same room for the pan, wow. like for a whole for a month. month. Wow. And then at that point, we smoked so much and we were talking about life and getting to know each other. And I was like, let's fucking do a podcast. Two girls, one blind. <laughs> and it kind of started off as a joke much like wow. what you were saying about Wilfred. Yeah, as a joke. But we just like ran with it. Let's, it's crazy.
1: There's this higher our consciousness, like, I don't know, destiny and dreams and um, our imagination all can come together in this special place. And cannabis definitely helps mm. uh, with that.
0: We had our our spiritual
2: awakenings pretty much like during that time when we were like locked down, we were doing shrooms, we were smoking, (laughs) we were talking, we were healing, we were like (laughs) shedding parts (laughs) of ourselves, ego deaths. And I don't know, we built this relationship, I guess, with weed and with each other. And it's been like really crazy. We've our lives have changed so much. We were living in like a shitty, broke down (laughs) apartment like two years ago, like had to quit. Like, she was working at a law office. I was at a sales office, so I was losing all my accounts. Like, then we'd brought us together with the podcast and doing, like, social media and everything. And it's been life-changing. So on the spiritual part. We've well, both been, like— That's
1: awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Um, yeah, my my journey with cannabis has just been, like, one day—and this is, this is where I get—I've been developing this shit for 10 years— and this is what I'm, I'm going to be doing more about. But I, one day I found myself, uh, I mentioned to you earlier that my relationship with cannabis is spiritual. And I, I found mm-hmm. myself asking, like I, I was, I was telling my therapist, hey, I, I, was in, uh, I went to rehab and I'd, I, well, in between the pilot and the TV series getting picked up. So the first two, three seasons of Wilfred, I was completely sober from everything. Oh, wow. And then I, and, and everyone's like, even though I was doing the stoner thing that I'd established in Australia. Everyone else was getting high, but I wasn't. When eventually I went, I was telling my therapist and I said, look, I'm feeling like my my body is saying, my my life is saying that I need, Need to call I smoke some cannabis again I said well, let me just explain my relationship with cannabis is spiritual it's like when I'm with every even if I have a break when I smoke cannabis again I can be inside myself but also step outside myself looking in at my life in a mm. way that helps helps me on my life's journey and my, and my
2: absolutely and he
1: said to me look I think you should smoke Weed again, so I did, and so I was able to enjoy that last season of Wilfred. Oh, love Oh, that's great. So I didn't want to finish Wilfred in America, having not been high the whole damn process. Or, yeah, you know, really.
2: especially because so, it's a weed character. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. So yeah, this whole consciousness expanding out part of um, cannabis is something that really, really intrigues me, and I feel like I want to, you know, dig more into. So stay tuned. I'll talk to you again about it another time maybe. Oh. Yeah,
2: are you going to do anything like to talk about that? Like do you have a podcast? Like
1: um, Yeah, I'm I'm kicking I'm kicking I'm kicking I'm kicking off. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Oh, shit. I've been developing the TV series for uh, for years now and um it was going to be a documentary TV series and um but I then just recently decided I'm going to start out as a podcast, like as a, as the developmental yeah. process, because rather than just like normally you'd go away for three months, develop a TV show, have an interview, all your interview, all this sort of stuff. If I can do it in, a, in that podcast environment and then that can hopefully springboard onto the TV series. But, um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna, I've been doing a few guest spots and I'm getting a That's taste exciting. for it. Yeah. The good thing Hell about
2: yeah. podcasting is you can kill two birds one stone and do a video like podcasts as well, you know yeah, what I mean. You can yeah. put that as whatever content you want, so you get the best. And you should tours. be able to like
1: you can blend the two, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can like do all the podcast stuff, and then I can go out on the street and record stuff, and then just cut it. You know, like a television yeah, thing. yeah.
2: There's Absolutely. like we know some people who do like vlog podcasts. They'll come out with a camera and a little mic. They go do their, their day. They talk about whatever, and they chop it. You can either watch the vlog on YouTube or that entire like audio is put into like a podcast form so someone can like follow you through your day like if you were talking about what you did all day you know for work and everything with the the Dell's ape brand you go take them on the journey they can see it if they want or they can hear it if they're on their way to like work or something so it's really powerful podcasting is huge and there's so much space for advertisers so
0: much <laughs> sold <laughs> <laughs> so i still got my sales skills yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you you mentioned earlier that you Microdose week. <laughs> Can you talk to us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Well, I back in the uh, early '90s, maybe the internet was around in its embryonic form. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't. I was certainly wasn't into it. I was singing in rock bands, you know, um, and doing. <laughs> so you have a musician background, background yeah.
0: as well, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And I, um, and I read in a newspaper article that they scientists had discovered this back then. It was it was a receptor. And that the only purpose for this receptor that they can seem to understand was that it was there to receive cannabis, and it, that's obviously the cannabinoid system that we know now. but back then this was very early this, advent, this discovery. And they said that this article said that um, you only needed a small amount of uh, THC to hit that receptor to have that, experience that psychoactive event. And so that was when I went, okay, so I don't, maybe don't need to be packing these bowls so thickly and heavily as I was. In Australia, Just little
2: baby heads. Yeah, just <laughs> little baby
1: heads. And then, um, and I, de- and, and also it came from- Honestly, smoking fudge. A lot of the times, you know, when I'd wait, run, what's fudge? Well, it's what I'd what we'd call, you know, the black tar that's in your pipe or, or resin. You know, your, oh, resin. resin. Yeah. Okay. Oh. And I used to smoke a lot of that in, my, in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: How <laughs> are your lungs? <laughs> <laughs> well, He's like, I don't look inwards. <laughs> it
1: worked. It, I mean, it worked, and uh, I mean, I used to smoke from. I still smoke from aluminium cans. I'm smoking smoke from an aluminum can at home right now. Aluminium. I love aluminium. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Know, it's not the, it's not the word.
2: We told you, we weren't, you we were like, we're going to do accents or something. <laughs> it might come out.
1: So, um, yeah, it's, I know it's a bit ghetto or whatever, but I, well, I don't know what, what ghetto even means. Be, you'd say bogan in Australia to like do that, but. That Was you know, I didn't have any money back then, and I knew that I could get how to get a high from it. And so, oh, we have you can't get rock many Not of the l-
2: bags or grinders, we're like, we're, we're looking at the weed at the bottom of our uh, car, like floor, like what can we scrap up back back in the day? Well,
1: the first, the first option was always you get the bong and you would drain the bong on a like a, a, a disc cloth, right? That you mm-hmm. And then that would, all the mortar would go through there and it would get all the bits of leaf and all the bits of the bud that had been pulled through that had, hadn't like half burnt bits. I haven't even thought of that. So, so first of, the, the first time you scavenged like your uh, remains was doing that and that well, was like a luxury hit. that's actually just that's weird. it oh,
2: smell so nasty <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: and then it would and then you'd um, yeah <laughs> <So> <laughs> you the fudge that. out and then smoke the fat fudge just kind of like you'd smoke you know like put it
2: right smoke. back into the bowl and then light it Ooh.
1: yeah you'd oh, roll harsh. it into a bowl and leave it on the edge of the pipe so it doesn't go in and then just slowly kind of light it and then just just like okay, until it's burning. We're getting and, the There's like, expert
0: an art to here. This. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There's a science. See, I thought we ever... were like scrappy when we like we take you know roaches you said... from joints or blunts no. and then we, we scoop them out. You put do's... it together in a new one. And it's a zombie blunt. Did you
1: smoke from a toilet roll? No. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. That's no, right. call it, I feel like I didn't start that, um, smoking until Australia. I
0: could like afford like an actual glass
2: piece or right. something. So in Australia,
1: yeah. we call them prison bongs. <laughs> and basically, you get a um, a toilet roll and then you punch just a hole in it and then you make out of alum, aluminum <laughs> oil, you make a little bowl in there and then you um, put it in and light it and put your hand over the end. and oh. then open, it, open it as a, a big ass shotty. Shotgun. <laughs>
0: Little shoddy. Interesting. And
1: that's, the, uh, and that's your prison bong. That
0: Australian is a prison, prison bong, bong indeed. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's like the
2: most makeshift form, like thing that you've made to smoke?
1: Uh, a week ago, a potato.
2: A potato. <laughs> just a week for ago. fun. Like, what was this for no,
1: content? Uh, no, no, just for fun. Like practicality. Like I, um, I lose would lose a pipe. You know, and I smoke generally through pipes, and I got um, little kids, and so I don't have bongs in the house. I don't have, you know. Um, dabbing machines yeah. or anything like that. I don't have any – I just – but I'll, you know, flour is flour and they can't light it a lighter anyway and even if that, you know, the only, it's not like even if they found flour and ate it that it would have an effect on them. It has to yeah. be yeah. to trigger it. So, um, you know – So for that reason, I just um, make little pipes out of objects and just leave them.
2: Such dad engineering. That is. That's the ultimate (laughs) dad How to be a cannabis dad.
1: I know my kids aren't going to look at a potato up there and say, I want that potato. Dad was smoking that.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. So what do you do? You just drill a hole through the potato?
1: Yeah, you just might just get a little... Potentially, you can find the kitchen, and drill a hole, but kind of have it coming down from two kind of an- angles a bit to meet in the middle, and yeah. then, and then um, yeah, put a. I, I had a like a glass bowl that was given to me from some pipe or other that I mm. managed just to just re reuse and put it in there and um, just blow blow it out to get rid of that excess potato and yeah, like at three or four days before the potato starts to turn, and I just <laughs> don't, just did another one.
2: Oh, so you leave the, the same one, potato t- out for I a couple days. I did two days. potatoes
1: back to back. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: my, my goodness. goodness. The second
1: potato was better because that was when I discovered. I did it straight through the first time. I'm like, oh, I've got to lean down. Let's just bring in two tunnels uh, from, you know. You've seen that. That's what they did with the, the pyramids, right? You see yeah. those pictures and the tunnels go out. Yeah, it's like.
2: Smart and innovative.
0: Stoners <laughs> are the
2: most innovative
0: people <laughs> yeah. ever. I know. We
2: always figure stuff out. We will find
0: a way to smoke. I promise you that. That is absolutely true.
2: Especially <laughs> if like you're on a trip. Let's light up. Shall we? I don't know. Do you have anything to light up? I do. Hell yeah. This is our third podcast of the day. <laughs> oh, wow. And we've been smoking since 9 oh, a.m. Did
1: you have any other guests? Oh, yeah. You had a guest. Yeah. Before.
2: We had... A, a cannabis influencer who also does, like, cooking content, uh Eat With Mars. And then we had Malik Bazil, who's, a, like, L.A. comedian. He's going to be at Supernova, which is, like, the best uh stand-up spot in L.A. Uh,
1: I don't know. Yeah, well. You're going to start
2: comedy, it? right?
1: <laughs> I'm not going to announce that yet. Was, okay, <laughs> we'll cut
2: that. But we can they cut
1: that. Oh, okay. No, you don't have to. It's just I'm not announcing it. Yeah, okay. you know.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. so that's really cool. So super, you see, <laughs> I am a dad and I'm a helicopter dad. And so, uh, you know, between running the company, which is just taking every last second. And also, we've been um, traveling around America for nine months.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, As a family? Yeah. like, a family, Are you guys yeah. like in a bus, like a tour family. bus? How old? Like
1: How old are your kids? <clears throat> uh, eight and six. And my wife is uh, homeschooling them.
0: That's really cool.
1: Oh, wow. And so they come with me everywhere I go. Right now, we got got, like, a monthly Airbnb in Woodland Hills where we have good friends because we lived in L.A., you know, for Previously. 10 years. Yeah, as I said, we just went – I was in – took them to Rolla, Missouri. It was down in Rolla. Down there, we've got – we've been doing some rate stuff down in, in Missouri. So I'm trying to establish okay. the character as, like, a Midwest brand as well. I'm trying to have a presence mm. there because they, that area gets neglected by – It
0: really does. Um, yeah. – a lot
1: of the brands. So
2: you could so, be more dominant, Yeah, too.
1: so – Yeah, so I, you know, and then I said we went down to Florida for a while, went down there actually to, you know, do some business that didn't work out. You know, there's so many... So many potential partnerships you go into in this business that almost happen, don't happen. You can go so far down the road. As I say, time wasters come in all different shapes and sizes, mm. right? And you just, and there's just actually no way of knowing by the end who is the time waster and who's not. But yep. there are a lot in the cannabis world. And that's, I guess, one of the downsides of the, the, that cannabis world is that people tend to get excited about things and talk about doing things that then they don't follow up on. But- especially, <laughs> especially
0: in Florida and specifically oh, like my the goodness. Miami area everyone's a scammer right. so like everyone will like
2: hustle they're like i got this and this and this is like what the reach will be and this is what we're, this is what we can build together then they ghost you or it's like completely the opposite yeah. like everyone flexes that they have like money to invest or do whatever but we've been like yeah we've had yeah. cannabis brands too, like burn us with weed and stuff and like things that they have agreed like yeah. hey this is exactly what we'll do for exchange of x y and z
1: right
2: so it's like hard well, Especially we're new to it. So it's like, not only do you have to be a podcaster or whatever, we're like trying to do the business side of the podcast, the marketing, like the operations, the a talking like to people. Your,
1: very similar situation to me. And I just think that, I don't know, there's sometimes an advantage to coming in completely fresh and naive because you've got, the, you've got your common sense bullshit detector, right? And as long as you've got your bullshit detector, your common sense factor, then eventually, that. you know, I mean, yeah, people are going to still fuck you over. Yeah, um, and mm. and uh, you know that still happens <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I've used my my. I mean, I never thought I'd become a businessman the way I have with this company. I was just always the talented creative. You know, I was the yeah. At first, I was the crazy drunk actor. Then I was the oh, the smarter writer as well. And then I became the producer. And then I am now the CEO of this kind of cannabis. my, my I'm trying to create. Be a mogul, you know, yeah. Um, big come up. So I've had to learn about business in a way that you know how it happened when I first entered the came to enter the business was is when I met Andy. Was I was uh, I almost went into the first couple of contracts. I nearly went into. I looked at them and read them, and I'd read a few contracts over the years, and I said, "This is to remind me too much of my Hollywood contracts. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this kind of shit again." Oh no! no. no, no, no. I, got, I got one window, one opportunity here. I got this brand. I need to leave a financial legacy as well as a creative legacy, and 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 you know, when you first come to Hollywood, they you know, I'm not the first person to come out the other side of it, mm-hmm. not that much better off, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've really had to bootstrap this company. I sold my apartment to do it. You know, bootstrap this company to make it like that. You know, that's why I said to you, I got a manufacturing license in California. I procured the flour. I designed the packaging. I went from place to place because every time I went, okay, someone said, you got to pay me this amount to do it. I'm like, okay, could I do it? Yeah. So I would go and do it. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, I just saved myself um, $1,500. Okay. And then the next thing you can pay me to do this. And it's like, oh, is there another way? So that's why I got to know every bit of the business.
2: That's good, though. I think that's what makes, like, that's how you hustle. You know what I mean? Like, wearing all of those hats and being able to be so adaptable to, like, switch different roles and then take all of those experiences from every role that you've had and Mm. be able to build, like, the brand. It's only going to grow from there.
1: But sounds like you guys are um, speaking from the same... (laughs) <laughs> we're on yeah. the same
2: wavelength. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're trying. Yeah. And we're young too, so we're like – I feel for us too because we young. we do like – 25?
1: <laughs> I forget that I've got a gray beard now. You know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's no lying. Um, uh, yeah, she's 23. I'm 28.
1: Cool.
2: And uh, we Congrats. do like the social media aspect and a lot of those people who are doing that that were like kind of coming up with – they started when they were – 18 16 or these people have been doing it forever and so we're like coming into like we just started to go to la mm. and like be in those rooms and have those conversations and it's all happening at once well thank we, you so much for yeah we had a little technical on the difficulties podcast. but we're gonna wrap it up this has been a pleasure it's been great okay. like getting to know you and meeting you i love your vibe your mindset mm-hmm. i love what you're doing
0: we wish you the best you're I love your um your cigarette packages for the, yeah, the she's hemp.
1: obsessed with so that. So I think it's so cute. This is the um our wilfred CBD smokes. It's um it's hundred percent organic smokable hemp flower. Eighty to one hundred milligrams of CBD per smoke. So it's very high CBD levels compared to other brands. And smoking it goes directly into your bloodstream, so that's great. And then I've got this Delta Eight flower. You know, I've got Delta Eight blunts, a couple of other Delta Eight products that. You know, I'll let you go and see WilfredCBD.com and shipping to your door Ooh. in most U.S. states. You know, some people say Delta 8 is uh, weed light. They say it like <laughs> it's a bad thing. But to me, there's a time for that. And that's, uh, yeah, It's if if, if you want to have less paranoia and have higher productivity, you got to give this a try. WilfredCBD.com.